Our God has been so wild lately. He doesn't seem to listen, he doesn't obey my commands, and we can't even bribe him with trees. He's gotten so out of hand, he may even have to be put down. God is not the problem here. The problem is the people who want to be the leader of the pack. We reintroduce God. We retrain people. You're listening to The God Whisperers. Welcome to the God Whispers. We are your Monday afternoon delight. <laughs> I put this on. Swirla's got this look like, what the heck? <laughs> I'm Craig D'Onofrio. I'm Bill Swirla. We're, we're just kind of grooving here, you know? Just kind of. Oh, yeah. Did you ever see Anchorman? No. Uh, 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 the the legend of Ron Burgundy. It's, it's a it's a beautiful thing. Uh, uh, what's his name from uh, from Talladega Nights? Um, uh, Farrell. Will Farrell. Will Farrell. He's he's a newscaster in San Diego, and they do they do a great four part harmony acapella version of this. Oh no! In, in the office, it's just oh fantastic. that's great. I'm gonna have to find. I it. may we you know we may have to do we should do a Will Ferrell um, just binge movie festival. Hell, you could say that ten thousand times and still wouldn't be enough. It fires me up, man. I love say it one more time. Shake it back. Does that feel good? Yeah, yeah. They're both verbs. It's awesome. It's awesome. Awesome. Uh, what a song. That song brings back some really strange memories. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to dedicate this song to all the uh, all the folks on the GW Facebook page that gripe about no content. Here's here's some content. Some content. We got content for you right here. Hey Wolf Mueller. That didn't come out very well. It didn't. No. Push up the volume on that. There we go. Let's do this again. Hey, Wolf Mueller. You are a sad, strange little man. (laughs) You have my pity. All right. All right. So we are the world-famous God Whispers. If you want to call our world-famous Skype line, which is actually world-famous. We get calls from all over the world on it sometimes. 626-593-7713 or ManlyDurs13. And for email, godwhispers at gmail.com on the internet, godwhispers.com or .org. Either one will work. Uh, the uh, Schwag store is, is uh, in the final stages of its renovation. Should be open soon. And... Uh, you keep saying this. Yeah, well. I'm going to believe it when I see it. I haven't even seen most of the designs, mainly because I don't check our 
email very if, often. You know, yes. if you would uh, check it. See, by that bare admission, you have basically said that you never look at the God was first mailbag. The mail problem bag. is I have it set up you have on access. my iPad, yeah, 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 but yeah. I never check my email on my iPad. I, I do have access, but I keep losing the password. And so. <laughs> See, and there, there's the problem right there. But, uh, in fact, you if you would look at the, the mailbag, which we will go to shortly, um, but if you if look at the mailbag, you would see several iterations of designs as our uh, chief graphic designer. And what, what are you doing? What? I'm trying to see which side is actually the front of the microphone. But you have to look well, under the afro to find out. <laughs> did you did you have any doubts that you were your microphone? Yeah, you, actually it was tilted a little off. You axis. did you did set this up yourself. I did. That's, but I wasn't obviously paying attention to uh, what direction the microphone but, was. But but Henning pointing. Henning our our um director of Southern Hemispherical Operations and um also the uh our graphics designer. DSHO. He is getting getting thin and fit that man. He's a fit man. I I, yes. I saw a picture of him recently. I'm like, holy cow! Is, see, is he, he on lost, a program? He lost 50 pounds. Oh, really? He's lost 50 pounds. Yeah. What's, well, what's he, he doing? He stopped eating garbage. He's eating mostly protein. garbage. He was eating garbage. Well, he, <laughs> what, like he and the rhinos were just kind of like noshing yeah, outside I mean, the they, camp, they, or what? They go out and fight at the dumpsters. I mean, he he goes he goes hand to hand with rhinos, doesn't he? <laughs> head on, yeah. just head on. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Bang! My bets are with Henning on that one. And uh, no, he says he's just uh, been moving more. You know, he's been playing some football and some oh, other he's, stuff. He's, he's just, a he's a rugged of, man. Although football in South Africa, I think, doesn't mean the same as football here. It I doesn't. Think it means soccer. It, it, well, and the, do they play? Rugby there? They do play rugby there. Rugby, South African rugby. Rugby is, is a totally different kind of sport. Yeah, but they don't call that football. No. They no. call it rugby. Yeah. <laughs> or sometimes just brawling. Brawling. Is, yeah. They call it a bar. It. We call it in this country, we just call it a drunken bar fight and leave it at that. <laughs> but that's a that's just nasty. That's that's what happens here is you go to a hockey game and you play rugby in the in the crowd. I've been that's, enjoying the uh the Stanley Cup playoffs. So uh Yeah, you've and, been into that. Oh yeah, every night. Yeah, Who are you rooting a, for? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm right now. I'm, I'm watching, but uh, rooting interest, um, lightly rooting for the Kings over the my my hometown Blackhawks. That's that's hard. Wow, that's why hard would you to, do? Why would you do a thing like that? Well, it, it's a, it's a visceral, emotional thing. I I, I really wasn't sure which way I was going to go until I started watching the games and realized I was kind of siding with the Kings over the Hawks a little bit. I, I've got a little bit. Not, I've got not, some Kings fever going on, but uh, Chris. Pacey uh, on, yeah. on the on the Facebook page there. Yes, yes. among he's, our many sort of strange and assorted uh, he's, he's, fans. He's, he's, he's not being true to the hometown. What's and he I'm, doing? I'm a little upset. Uh, I'm trying to remember. He's got like a Brewers thing going on. or Not Brewers. Um, Brewers um, are baseball. Yeah, I know. I just realized that when I said that. Uh, brain lock. Brain oh, total freeze. Let uh, me tell you who the four, last final uh, four teams are. Uh, we've got Boston and Pittsburgh uh, facing off in the east, and we've got the Blackhawks and the uh, L.A. Kings facing off in the west. Yeah. That's it. That's I'm, all that's left. I, I know. Those I'm, are the final four, the last I, four standing. Today is a really, really off day for me. Okay. I don't feel like being anywhere, and okay. I don't feel like doing anything. I've, I've just had some... Why life. is that different from any other day? I contrast that with, with any other day of the week for you. Well, I've actually worked this week. That's why. What? I know. What'd you do? Oh, I had a real long day yesterday. A lo- you had a long day? Yeah. What? Is that more than two and a half hours? It, it was like a, <laughs> it was like a, a four-hour marathon kind of thing. No. 
<laughs> a four-hour. No, I, I, I got away from the church at four-hour work jag at about ten or ten thirty last night, and then I got on the two ten freeway, and they had it closed oh. down. They're doing construction. So you weren't working. You were just stuck in traffic. Well, no, I didn't get away from the church until like 1030. I had meetings and classes and stuff all day. But, uh, uh, yeah, so I'm sitting there in the same spot for a half an hour before they got things going again. So I didn't get home until like 1130, and I'm just kind of dopey as usual. Speaking of which, Hmm. would you rent your church to a bunch of Calvinists? Would I? I, I, we have, I mean, if, if you were in financial dire straits like my church is. Would, would, so you're basically saying, would you whore out your church to uh, people who deny the real presence? Yeah, I think that's a fair way of saying it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, how much, how much are you asking? No. <laughs> well, I, Every I told man them, has his price, yeah, doesn't he? Uh, well, basically, we're running like a $3,500 a month deficit right now. So I, I threw out, I said, first salvo would be probably 3500 bucks. You know, it's, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting kind of question and dilemma. Um, we, in my congregation, when I first came here, we, we had a tenant Korean Presbyterian congregation. Korean Presbyterians are kind of a different stripe. Yeah, are they really Calvin? No, 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 they're not. They're Arminian, pretty much. And they're even, they're not very Presbyterian at that. I mean, forget, forget the, the, the sort of the strict uh, delineations of Calvinism. Do they wear kilts? Uh, no, they don't. Well, they're they're Koreans. Come on. Um, yeah. They're mostly sort of like loosely charismatic and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, but when I came here to this congregation, they were renting out to a Korean Presbyterian congregation. And some, some people were a little... They were they were not all that keen on on another group that does not basically believe the same as we do uh, you know, handle it or or being involved in a space that was consecrated to the Word of God and the sacrament. Yeah, the problem is this: if they believed what we believed, then they'd be part of our church. There's so then the, we wouldn't have anyone to rent to. Yeah, well, see, but you're just looking at a, yeah, you're looking at a money thing. You know, I think back to the 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 old old formative days of the Missouri Synod and the um, the Saxon colony um, basically. Uh, before they built any churches, uh, they met at a an, a an Episcopal church. Yeah, in St. Louis, a church founded on adultery. <laughs> well, yeah, that's. Uh, but they they didn't use the sanctuary. They used the church rec hall, the basement. Interesting. And 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 so, uh, I'm I'm less concerned about renting out, say, the parish hall than I am the sanctuary. A lot of our churches get starts in Seventh Day Adventist churches. I, I know one church in Connecticut that. Oh, I that, love that. As as their church was being built, they met next door at the Masonic Hall. Oh yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> I, I I love the Seventh Day Adventists. Speaking of whoring out, um, that's a great one because we get we got one in town too. Okay, so what do they teach? That the the only acceptable day of worship is this is the Old Testament Sabbath, the Saturday, right? Hence Seventh Day, Seventh Day Adventists. Okay, so that's their big shtick. That's the thing that defines them pretty much is Seventh Day worship. And you're you're kind of apostate if you worship on a Sunday, aren't you? That's right. Yeah. And, and so what do they do? They rent the place to apostates on Sunday because they're not there anyway. Yeah. So, you know, do, do you have any problem with that? No, you probably well, wouldn't. See, here's, here's the thing is... You would do that. If no. you were a Seventh-day Adventist, you'd be running stuff out to apostates on Sunday and Monday, probably. Here's the thing. I would have fewer problems renting from the Seventh-day Adventist than renting to the Seventh-day Adventist. How's that for stupid? Now, renting from is not, the pro- is not a problem. Well, you're giving them money. 
uh, you're getting space. It's 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 basically just a it's a it's ah. a it's a it's a quid pro quo contract. Now these these Calvinists are United Reformed. They're they're actual monergists. They believe in Wonderful. justification by grace. Oh, we're all we're, we're really excited for them. If you're elect, otherwise you're just host. Uh, they believe that uh, you, you commune on Jesus mystically and magically, spiritually somehow, by faith. And, uh, well, you ascend to heaven. So what did they? Even, Jesus what, can't come here. What, what did they even need like a chancel area for? Well, I don't know. That's a good question, isn't it? I don't know. So this is the dilemma, and we, we're struggling with this in our church because we're broke. We can't pay the pastor. Uh, we, so you're looking. You're we, looking to the reform to help we, you out. We are really in a, a situation where three to five years at the current rate, and we're we're selling the property and we're done. Yeah. Well, that's that. That is how it is. So you it's know, like, it's option like my, B is you rent out to the Calvinists, and and at least these people can confess the creeds. At least these people I consider to be Christians, you, real you, live bona fide. You're, you're making lots and lots and oodles of excuses here. I this am is a and, self-justifying. And that's that's conversation. the problem. Is 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 you know. So there's the dilemma. You know, you're renting to people that you can't agree with theologically, but at the same time, at least uh, we've been approached by charismatic congregations that deny the Trinity, and we've said no to them because they're just too far over the line. Plus, we're we're afraid that they're going to set up a drum set on top of the altar. Right. You know, something. that's one thing I was going to say is is that at least with like a conservative Presbyterian bunch, they're they're not going to dork around with your chancel. Yeah, they saw our hundred year old Steinway piano, and they you know they they all started to shudder in delight, <laughs> and they saw a real life pipe organ. Holy cow, this is awesome! Although Calvin and, wasn't too hot about that stuff. Yeah, Calvin. Acapella psalms, baby. That's what that's what he was into. I informed them that the the problem is it, Luther started law school, saw the error of his ways, he did, and quit. Calvin saw it all the way through and lost his soul in the process. <laughs> I, a, I, I told he, them because <laughs> we all know lawyers can't have a soul, so <laughs> it gets sucked out of them sometime during law it does. school. Well, when you take the bar, we you, have you we give have, it up. We have buddies who are lawyers. Actually, I have, I have a great we parishioner. Have some very very good people who are. I, I I have a fantastic parishioner who's an attorney. I have had I have had the pleasure of knowing a couple of very well. I mean, to name name one well known one, Craig Parton, our friend up in uh, Santa yeah, Barbara. Yeah, see, but he does all this up. Apologetics work to atone for the sin of being. Alive. Is that what, he, is that what he's think, doing? I think it's a self-atoning. It's not thing. pro bono work. He's he's doing a quid pro quo. Yeah, here. I'm yeah. just spouting these sort of these Latin <laughs> legal phrases today. I don't know what you're, what, you're on it. What that's about? Let's. Uh, we we need our little micro theme song here. Thirsty, my friends. <laughs> nice little fusion job Thank here. You. Yeah. We're going to have to get our um, our prizes out for the drinking contest. The drink con, not the drinking con. We don't have a drinking contest. No, 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 not yet. Uh, but but the drink contest. And looking forward to the calendar. You know what? When we're finally run from the ministry, we can do stuff the drinking like that. contest. Yeah, yeah we, that's we can, that's we gonna can finally do. Well, stuff the like calendar that. might be our quick exit right there. If we if we sponsor a GW <laughs> calendar with with um, our ladies that exercise, the ladies of the GW, the the the, 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 the uh, and they're fit. That's a fit group of women. It, we've got a weird group. 
Oh, we do. Our, our we, audience is. Have you noticed some of the weird. some of the newcomers on the Facebook site that, that think there's actually content to this show? I, you know, they I, they have us confused with one of those other programs. Yeah, they must. Yeah, I mean, if you want content, go go over go over to issues, etc., and just take a nap. You get plenty of content over there. <laughs> there's content if that's what you want. But uh, you know, if you want if you want, I don't know what we deliver. Mayhem, what? mayhem. Yeah. Speaking of mayhem, let's go to the mailbag. The GW Mailbag brought to you by nobody in particular, but something that keeps you dry and keeps the mailbag still in good shape. Still waiting for the t shirt. All right, let's see. I'm going to. What do we got here? Oh, speaking of the drink contest, our good friend Tabitha writes. <laughs> and exercising she's, GW listeners. She's, yeah, well, she wants to be March on the calendars, I understand. March. So, yeah. Is March a, a particularly important month to have? I think it's her birthday month. Or Oh, I see. And her last name starts with an M also, so it kind of got the M connection. March. No, she's TM. We, you thought it was trademarked, but it's... That is. So, yeah. But anyway, hi. Uh, hi, she says. Hi. The dilemma of what to do with a mostly full bottle of Bacardi 151 was mentioned in a recent episode. I have the same problem here since it comes only in large bottles and I only have a very small amount for the... I used only a very small amount for the drink contest. <laughs> I had the same... You know, they, I, they don't I don't sell know it, if they don't, I believe her. They but don't sell it in the little plastic cordial. Why is that? Um, I think it would just eat right through the plastic cordial. <laughs> Actually, alcohol won't do that. Um, I, I did discover a new use for 151, though. It takes out Sharpie marker. It erases Sharpie marker. Well, that's good to know. So, you know, you, you people out there, you, if, you, uh, if the kid's been sort of writing on the wall with Sharpie marker, just break out the 151. You know, I, I saw a documentary once that bootleggers got into a lot of trouble because when they were making their white lightning, it was actually car fuel that they were. A lot of people were using no it doubt as car fuel, and the oil industry was not pleased with this. <laughs> yeah, well, so that's yeah. You know, don't don't mess with STP. Um, I did try adding a little rum chata. What is that? I don't know. But but even in tiny doses, it. So powerful, I couldn't feel my lips halfway through the drink. <laughs> what a special friend you are. <laughs> that, and I'll tell you right now, when you can't feel your lips, it's time to back away from the bar. You know, because step away from what, the bar. What comes next is a really awkward tattoo. <laughs> because I hate to waste quote unquote food if 151 qualifies, it, it, it does if you've got a drinking problem. Um, I've decided to use it for entertainment purposes. You could probably clean your carburetor with it. I'm thinking you could degum the car. Gum yeah. out, gum out, or 151. It, it comes out of the same vat. It's just put into different containers. Clean the injectors and in your fuel in your, injectors. Yeah. yeah. Uh, fruit doused in 151 and lit on fire makes an interesting centerpiece, ah. and the kids love it. She says. Grainy cell phone photo attached, and and so down below, I'm looking at a picture of. It's it's a clear glass bowl with a half a lime. You ever spiked a watermelon? Ignited. You could do you could do wonders with 151 spiking a watermelon. You know what I think would be really good would be a half a grapefruit with a maraschino cherry in the middle ignited. A the flaming 
<laughs> this flaming cherry. But she's got here. I'm, I'm not kidding. Uh, she has a uh, a glass bowl on a granite work surface, and this blue flame. Tilt that this way. I gotta see this. Here, check it out. Okay, wait. Wow. So yet yet another piece of creativity from uh you know I think we ought to offer her a job with the with the, the God Whispers, <laughs> Direc- director of marketing mischief and mayhem. <laughs> yeah, there, you know, there's there's some sort of like pyro. There's a there's a bend. There's there's definitely a bend here. I gotta but... say, a girl who's a pyro definitely gets points in my book. <laughs> Because I am a, I, I love. Well, fire. first we have I'm the all, flaming fundagelical. Now we got the flaming lime. I kind of shudder to think what's next. Paula is a little bit of a pyro, but I, I think Paula is. Tabitha takes it a little it's, bit over the top. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. great fun for the kids over the summer. You know, you can you can, you can dip toast your marshmallows. You can over dip that. your finger in one fifty one and light it, and won't get and you won't burn your finger. Is that true? Yeah, the alcohol will 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 it will be cool as it burns. Now, if you happen to ignite something else, then you might have a problem. Oh, like if your hair catches on that's fire. That's why indie race car drivers like they they emerge from flaming wrecks and they're unsinged like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Maybe that was a deal. Maybe they were they, Nebuchadnezzar in the one fifty one furnace. Ne- ne- Nebuchadnezzar was using ethanol. <laughs> that was a dumb <laughs> move right there, wasn't it? I love that story, by the way. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You don't think that that actually happened to you i think it did wow i did i i, I so like that you, story you actually believe this bible book the satraps prefects saying. governors and all the uh whatnots you know so yeah i do it all right but you, you don't think i be, you don't think i believe in the bible i don't well i believe the bible you believe the but bible. i don't believe in it <laughs> i'm sh- not sure that i understand the difference there but uh flaming limes <laughs> back to the flaming line <laughs> we well, you don't believe in the rapture, so you obviously don't believe in the <laughs> No, Bible. I don't. And actually, look, I look at it this way. You know how the last last thousand years of the creation are figurative, right? Okay. Well, don't say okay. Are you a millennialist? Yeah. Uh, no. I'm no. Not a okay. You, you, you're over those days. I, I'm saying okay. Where are we going with this? If is, the last the thousand okay? years of the of 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 history are figurative and symbolic, as they are in the Revelation, then why not the first six thousand years? My mind is a raging torrent, <laughs> flooded with rivulets of thought, cascading into a waterfall of creative alternatives. See, so why not? Why not make the first six? Now I have solved the young Earth creationist problem. The first six, <laughs> th- and and Bishop, I've rescued Bishop Usher from the scrap heap of history. Well, why don't we do the same with your seventy, eighty years of life here on Earth? Well, because those we'll just make that figurative too. No, because because those those are actually those are actually demonstrable. By whose standards? <laughs> my birth certificate. <laughs> you, you know, if, if we're my grammar play, school graduation, my high school graduation. If we're going to play the postmodern game here, it's not a postmodern game. It, I'm being consistent. If if the last thousand years of the old creation are viewed symbolically, and they are, that's what that millennium means. How do I know you actually exist? It's it, the 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 last thousand years in the Revelation are the seventh thousand, as as the rabbis said, the intertestamental rabbis before the Revelation was even written, they were saying that the that there would be six thousand years to the Messiah, and then there would be a sabbatical rest for a thousand years, and they were basing that on the Genesis week, and so it's all construct. So what if it's all construct? What if actually the Bible 
wants you to theologically accept the fact that the entire history of the world up until the Messiah is 6,000 years as a 1,000 years are to a day and a day as a 1,000 years. And then the seventh is, is the, the, the sabbatical rest of the old creation having been redeemed by the Messiah. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. Exactly. I'm, I'm really at this point just confused by every word that's coming out of your mouth. I see no confusion at all. Okay. There's no chronology here. There's no chronological time implied. This is theological time. So Kronos no longer exists. No, no, it it does exist, but it's not relevant to this discussion. But see, this this resolves the conflict nicely. Bishop Usher was right. The world is about 6,000 years old up until the time of the Messiah. And then there's a thousand-year sabbatical rest. But it's all symbolic. It's theological time. Mythological time. <laughs> Here I wondered what we were going to talk about today. I still have no idea what we're talking about today. Flaming limes. <laughs> she set a lime on fire. Uh, she set a, no, we, we, a new position has been created in, in the God Whispers, the director of marketing mayhem and mischief. Okay. So, so we've got a we least, have a, we have a director of Southern we, Hemispherical we Operations. We have a job for Tabitha. We will pay her in a monthly bottle of one fifty one. No, 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 no! Don't even say that on the air. <laughs> okay, an annual bottle of one fifty. Not even that. No, no, no. You, you see the trouble she's already. I love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> Grainy cell phone photo attached. Phineas. Uh, writing uh, on the on the website, the Phineas Bog, just Phineas. Your Phineas your Bog. your talk about the apologetics circuit and limitations of that kind of apologetic. I don't know what he's talking about here. Reminded me of this quote, which I, I don't know what you're talking. You about. might appreciate. This is from Georg Christoph Lichtenberg. Okay, it should have a fawn in front of it. Von Lichtenberg. Quote, I ceased in the year 1764 to believe that one can convince one's opponents with arguments printed in books. It is not to do that, therefore, that I've taken up my pen, but merely so as to annoy them and to bestow strength and courage on those on our side and to make it known to the others that they have not convinced us. Boy's got a mouth like a cannon, always shooting it all. <laughs> this guy's as confusing as you are. You know, maybe you're the one who's confused. I, I, I'm finding I'm, fellowship and solidarity with some deep thinkers of the past. <laughs> I'm obviously confused. No one is debating this point. So there, from Georg Christoph von Lichtenberg. Thank you, Phineas. Appreciate that. Uh, Pastor Kevin, I'm requesting a 24-second Bible study on the idea of varying degrees of punishment as Peeper and Kaler referred to in Luke twelve forty seven to 48. Well, you should have told me I would have set up the 24-second Bible study. We can so. do that in the second hour or the second uh, half hour. I don't know if I have it on my computer still. I may. <laughs> Dice. <laughs> Is it just that simple? Did I miss something at SEM? Oh, you missed a lot at SEM, believe me. And Obviously not there the day that they taught theology. Did I simply forget about this? Or is it just that unclear scripture cannot be expounded upon Kevin? You want to take that up in the second hour? Degrees of punishment, Luke 12, 47 to, 47 to 48. Let's see what that well, is. We need to talk about something. Luke, Luke. <laughs> What was that, Luke 27? Luke 12. Luke 12. 47 There's no Luke 27, is there? No. (laughs) 
There's only 24 chapters. I know. That's what I'm like, wait a minute. And that servant who knew his master's will but did not make ready or act according to his will shall receive a severe beating. But he who did not know and did what deserves a beating shall receive a light beating. Everyone to whom much is given, of him much will be required, and of him to whom much men commit much, they will demand the more. So that's that's what the so degrees of punishment. I, I degrees of punishment. We need this in the background. Is this is this a degree of punishment or is this no, the actually, closing music? Uh, it could be both. I, what do we got here? This is Adam and the Ants beat my guest. <laughs> so nicely I just done. kind of brought that up as we were talking about the beatings. I don't know. <sighs> You're listening to God Whispers. We'll be back. God Whispers, I'm Craig D'Onofrio. And I'm Bill Swirla. And uh, when we left off, we were going to talk about people getting punished more beaten. or less Just or beaten, beaten senseless <laughs> based on I'm not sure what exactly. But let's, uh, let's, 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 let's back up here a little bit. This, this, is, this is an interesting question. I, I think it's worth some examination. Now, you know, bear in mind, it's a little bit off the cuff, but... Uh, we ought to be able to do that. We're professionals. We are. We're pros. the manly doctors of divinity, the the irreverent reverends of religiosity or irreligiosity. Disturbing yet compelling. We are seminary graduates. We are trained in the biblical languages, and we I are dare steeped say in the tradition. We were both in attendance a day that they taught theology at seminary. That yeah, that's right. Both. It, it was us. a Thursday, wasn't it? Which is rare that you get two pastors in the same room that actually were both there when it happened that day. Yeah, the very day that, that it happened. The one day yeah. that they taught theology right. at seminary. We were there. The polity course <laughs> took a long time. They, there was a lot of polity. I slept through that class. Oh, did you? Oh, polity. Oh. oh, man. Did you, you know what? That was one of those classes I think I got a C in. I just got a C in polity. Because I just, I couldn't. And now pay. you're on the Constitution yeah, Committee in the district. In, in See, what goes around I, comes around. I, because I found it hard to pay attention to the inane nonsense for more than about 10 minutes at a time. Squeal like a pig for me. Oh, I, you know, I never unduck. What's wrong with you? It's I don't unduck. Your, your, your potency is... <laughs> that's only in one ear. I know. Although we, we do this show in mono. So you'll never know. So yeah, you, I you, hear it you, in you, one you, ear, but those of you... So you flunk polity. Those, those of you foxy God, God whispers ladies who are out exercising right now. Foxy. You never even know that that's we just ever, in one ear. Do we even know what they look like? 
Well, Paula's one of them. I think Paula. I, I, yeah. I like her. Paula's I mean, good. I, Paula's a good-looking woman. I, I, you know, I'd sleep with. Her I'd include personally. my wife. I would. I would I, I'd include my her. wife in that, but she didn't listen to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Smart lady. But yeah. uh, and and she doesn't listen to podcasts while exercising. Well, does she listen to anything? Does she listen to music? She listens to playlists off the iPod when she exercises. Okay. Well, so. at least I I. I I, Paula, Paula goes I can't to the imagine gym. these people who actually will like go out and run ten miles a day without anything in their ears. Uh, all, I all, did. All that would happen is my conscience would start accusing me of everything that I've ever done. <laughs> being in that kind of silence for that long, I, I did. I, mean, I I never had. You know, this was before when I when I did running uh, seriously. There was before we had the Sony Walkman. Oh yeah, those were. But awesome. that 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 didn't that didn't those run. Those were expensive. I know Th- that didn't run particularly well. Yeah, the jostling with the tape. Yeah. And, well, you remember when they did the lightweight headphones? When too. they did the CD version of the of the Walkman? Yes, that, that was really that didn't stupid. work at all. That was just dumb. <laughs> <That> was, <laughs> <laughs> no, it really took the iPod to uh, to to move into that direction yeah, of, of uh, really portable music. Yeah. Uh, but that was that was after I got fat and lazy, so I, I was done with that. That was the end of my running days. But yeah. I used to rip off about eight or ten miles without any kind of like musical entertainment. Wow. What would you do? Like math in your head while you're running? Sometimes, or? sometimes I would I would just just like think thoughts. You're just disturbing, not even compelling. You're just disturbing. I, I would solve. I would I would do integral calculus. The I, only I thing do. that I would think is this really hurts, and I don't like it. Well, that's that's till the beta endorphins kick in. Yeah, I never got to that point. Oh, I see. Yeah, no, it's uh, and I I could still get to that point on my Nordic track machine or bicycling too. It was weird as I could at at one point in my life go out and run two miles. And and I just like come back and collapse, or you could put me on the rugby field. I run five miles and then go out drinking all night with the guys, and it just didn't make sense. <laughs> Luke twelve thirty five. Okay, let your loins be girded. <laughs> I guess I'm on the wrong verse here. You have to you got to gird your loins. Stay dressed for action is what mine's. What are you reading, King James? RSV. RSV. And your lamps burning, girded loins, jack strap on. Lamps burning, loins. You know, I mean, when you cinch gird, them up, boys. When you gird your loins, you're cinching them up. You're, you know, the the boys are ready for action. You there. know, it's like it's like trying to jog with boxers on. It just no, not gonna do not do good. that. No. Um, and and be like men. Obviously, have to be like men if you're gonna gird your loins. Uh, who are waiting for their master to come home from the marriage feast? Wait, 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 wait. So that they may wait. open to him wait. at once when he. If we're going to read the Word of God, segment contains a home schooler alert. Cover the ears of your children. We're reading from the Bible now. The following segment contains a home schooler alert. You know, Augustine initially rejected the Bible because it was too crass. He said this could not be the Word of God. Well, he was a dualist. It's too vulgar. He was. He was. There's sex and there's violence. He was a flaming dualist. You get into where where is that? Kings or judges? Where the 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 guy gets stabbed. He's so fat. The guy loses his dagger oh, in the blood. And his hand. I mean, it, like yeah, his like, hand disappears. It's like, his job of the hut thing going or, on. Or JL, who just sort of nails oh, yeah. nails what, Cicero's head to the, the ground with a tent peg. She she had some issues. <laughs> There's some real anger. She had some issues. Some real anger. Yeah. Or or maybe it was just PMS. That, Could have been PMS. That, 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 it's like, <laughs> don't mess with that chick. Okay. Now you can go back to the loins. And Blessed the... are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will gird himself. 
Here's a lot of loins. A lot of girding, girding, lot of going, girding on going on here. here. And have them sit at table, and he will come and serve them. So, ah, so big turnaround here. So what's the whole point here? Uh, be ready, watch. You know, that eschatological, you I'm, know not the I'm day nor hearing, the hour. I'm just hearing briefs, not boxers. That's it, all I'm hearing. If here. he comes in the second watch or in the third and finds them so blessed are those servants, that would be at midnight or at 3 a.m. That's me. That's you. You'd, That's you'd be awake. Yeah, I'm, I'm that guy. Yeah, you, you would be awake. Blessed are you. But know this. that If, if it I, comes like at 7 a.m., I'm hosed. But, <laughs> yeah, or 10 a.m. Uh, yeah, but, but know this, that if the householder had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have left his house to be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. And then Peter intrudes, verse 41. Peter said, Lord, are you telling this parable for us or for all? I love great question. Yeah. What's on Peter's mind here? Is it, does this apply to me? Am I going to be in trouble? That's what's. Well, he assumes point. it's for them, yeah. but he's wondering if it's for all, for everyone. And, and the Lord does answer the question: Who then is the faithful and wise <laughs> steward? You know, these guys. Do you, do you think Jesus rolled his eyes before he kept talking? I think he completely ignored Peter at this point. You know, it's like, like, it's like the yeah. dumb kid in the class who uh, keeps asking questions, and eventually the teacher just he doesn't even hear him. How dare you speak like that about the first pope? <laughs> who then is the faithful and wise steward, whom his master will set over his household to give them their portion of food at the proper time? A little bit of a, the psalm there. Yeah. You give them their food at the proper time. Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find him so doing. Truly I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But if that servant says to himself, my master is delayed in coming and begins to beat the men's servants and the maid servants <laughs> and to eat and drink and get drunk. What else do you do when you're bored? And the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour he does not know and will punish him and put him with the unfaithful. Oops. And that servant who knew the master's will but did not make ready or act according to his will shall receive a severe beating. Yeah. But he who did not know and did what deserved a beating shall receive a light beating. Oh, well, that's nice. <laughs> so I guess if, if you did not act out of ignorance, then you get beaten less. Is this one of those purgatory things? I have no idea. Everyone to whom much is given... Of him, much will be required, and of him to whom men commit much, they will demand the more. Uh I I feel like I'm in trouble here because we were there when they taught theology that day. Yeah, see? So much is expected. More responsible. You have no excuse. Yeah. Shoot. So. So what was the question? The question was, let me go back to it. It's about degrees of punishment. Oh, yeah. And I suppose, and I, I have to guess here, I don't have Peeper in front of me at the moment, but uh, that there are varying degrees of punishment according to Peeper and Kaler uh, to LCMS. We have 19 minutes left in the show. Would you like the long answer so that we could try to fill some time? No, we don't need... Or the short answer. Let's go with the short answer. He was asking for a 24-second. We've already exceeded the 24-second study. All right. Study. Here's, here's my answer. Uh, Jesus took the beating already. Relax. Very good. There's my answer. Gospel answer. Very yeah. nice. I mean, this is, you are correct. This is a law passage yeah. all the way through. And uh, it's also the, it's an eschatological law passage. The, that, that tension of the eschaton where one is called to watch, to wait, to be ready, to be about doing what you are given to do. Um, so I, he, he took the light beating. He took the heavy beating. He took all the beatings. He, he got the snot beaten out of him. He did. He did, uh, but they're all, though, they're all sucked up into that beating. Though he was the faithful servant. He who, alone. 
who did who did his master's will perfectly. Yes. And for us and for our salvation took the beatings of men and the beatings of the law. So, is the question should we beat pastors that aren't faithful to their calling or well, I, I What's th- the question behind the question? I, I think there's a you know, there is an element here and and he's talking to his disciples and and Peter's even asking how wide ranging is this saying? Does it apply to everybody or just to us? Jesus never quite answers it. Um, I think the answer actually is yes, it applies to you and to those who will follow you, your successors. Um, I actually think this, because Peter was the first pope, first pastor. <laughs> I, 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 I think I think this actually does refer to the office of the ministry, and uh, and the household steward, which is a good image, I think, of the the household uh, of the the pastor who basically handles the gifts and treasures of Christ while he is away, away, quote unquote. You know, in other words, uh, he's not there visibly to minister out his gifts, and so he has his office that is authorized to do so in his stead and by his command. That's, 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 the, that's the nature of the authority of the household servant. He acts in the stead and by the command of the householder, the man in charge. Yes. And, and everything else is, you know, fits. The, the, the master who goes away and is delayed in coming, and so in his delay, uh, the church and the ministry get complacent and start uh, doing their own thing and playing their own power games and beating on one another and abusing the the lesser servants of the household. This aggression will not stand, man. <laughs> and uh, and so there's a dire warning, I think, to the clergy uh, that they need to be about the business of being stewards of the mysteries of God and not messing around with other crap and especially not playing power games with people and not, not providing... Uh, food at the proper time for God's people. You know, Hebrews says that, 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 that the, the, the pastors, those who are Oops. the elders. I apologize. What, what are you doing? I hit a button by accident. You did. Um, you know, they, they do so as men who must give an account for men's souls. Yeah, I know. I don't like that verse. No, shouldn't. No. Shouldn't at all. I, I, I'm taking it out of my Bible. <laughs> You're doing a Jefferson? Yeah. Well, Hebrews is antilegomena, so I can do that, right? See, I, I, I think, first of all, I think, personally, I think this is more in the realm of uh, uh, temporal punishments than eternal. Uh, because as you have said, that Christ has taken the full beating of the law for us all. But that doesn't, that doesn't mean, that doesn't exonerate the clergy uh, who are to speak in the stead and by the command of Christ from faithfulness. You know, you can't sit back and say, well, Christ has taken, Christ has taken all this, so it doesn't matter what I do. Well, what kind of antinomian are you? I'm decidedly not one. Well, with that kind of talk, <laughs> you'll never be one. That's right. You, oh, I see. I'm a bad antinomian. You're a bad antinomian. I am. I Shame am. on you. Or not. And I think that fits the last verse. Everyone to whom much is given, of him much will be required. Those who hold authority are, are answerable for the authority they hold. You know, because it's not yours, it's Christ. It's not your office, but Christ's office. And uh, he, in his ascension, is, is not visibly there. And so you are, now, of course, he is there by word and spirit, but, uh, but you are there to speak in his stead and by his command. And woe to you. Paul says to himself, woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. 
And and it's easy as you look around, you see so many pastors that are trying to do the popular thing instead of what they're actually called to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you look at them and they may be successful numbers wise and that sort of thing. But you realize there's there's going to be a price that they're going to pay for this in the long run also uh, that they aren't being faithful to their calling. Well, you know, to dovetail onto another issue that we, we took up a couple of episodes ago about, you know, the communion in uh, the absence of a pastor or something. And, and we were kind of wrestling with on what basis do we say that no pastor, no communion. Uh, it was our friend Brohr who pointed out that, uh, you know, in First Corinthians, Paul says, this is how men are to consider ourselves, that, that we are stewards of the mysteries of God. And there's that word again. It's the same word, the economist, the, the, the one who gives out the gifts of the master to the household at the proper time. That's the nature of the office of the ministry. It's, an offer, uh, it's, a, it's a ministry of the stewardship of God's grace in Christ. And, uh, and God has willed it that, uh, that those gifts be ministered out by somebody in the office. And that office is Christ. And if you don't conduct yourself according to Christ's uh, institution and word, well, you, you're going to have a big problem. I mean, you've got to answer to the big guy on the last day. Yeah. I think Paul even said, you know, he, he, said, he, he answered that in 1 Corinthians when he talks about everybody's work will be tested with fire. And, uh, you know, it's like a refining fire. So, so the, the stubble, the straw, the garbage that we've done are gonna, is going to be burned away. And we're going to suffer loss, you know, for all the screwing around we've done, probably for this show, too. Um, <laughs> but he says we well, will, I suffer now for it. He says know. we will be saved, but as one through fire. Now, is that purgatory? No, not in the sense that uh, that the the Catholic dogma has created purgatory. But there's certainly a sense that the judgment is a refining fire, and all that is of the old Adam is 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 basically judged and burned away. And, I, sorry, go ahead. I, I also like the eschatological uh, thing that's going on here. It's the same as as the parable of the talents, in that the master goes away. And we don't know when he's coming back, right? And it's, it's important as you deal with people who are obsessed with eschatology that you can point out to them, look, Jesus makes a point of not telling you when the master will come back for a reason. Because if you know the day and the time that he's coming back, you're going to screw around until about an hour beforehand, and then you're going to clean up the house. <laughs> That's right. You right? know, everything revolves around tension. It's a law-gospel kind of tension. So on the gospel side, you've said it. That the punishments of the law have been have been um, have been taken by Christ, and there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And yet, uh, at the polar opposite end of that, holding the whole thing in tension, is this threats of beating and punishment and condemnation for things done or things left undone, and that has to stay exactly in the kind of tension that it is. But for those who are in Christ, there is no longer condemnation. That's right. So, and yet we yeah, still yeah. we are we are still uh to be the faithful stewards of the gifts of Christ and and to exercise the authorities that are given us uh faithfully there's 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 no excuse for that so or not you, doing that are you saying that this is another one of those simil things I think it's another one of those simil things is right yeah. <laughs> you know? so so who's agitated by this the old adam who's who's it's the old adam who wants to know hey can you tell me when so that I can kind of pencil it in and party until the day before right. 
Or the Peter thing. Does this apply to me? Exactly. Or are you talking about those other guys? Yeah, that's, that's right. It's it's it's. Or like, I wouldn't mind seeing them getting beat like, up a bit. You, you know? know, like Peter saying, you know, hey, my brother sins against me. How many times? Uh, forgive me. How about seven? Sounds good. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. You know, and, that's pretty generous. And but you know, who's bargaining there? The old Adam, right? The sinful flesh says, oh, okay, I've got a I've got a grip on this. Who then is my neighbor? Who asked that question? Not the new man. The old man, yeah, you know, give, give me give me the parameters here so I can do it, <laughs> you know, and and so it, it's the, this is I because we are seamal. I think we need to be held in that law gospel tension. I had a similar conversation with somebody last week about this. Is that you know how do you basically approach people whom you know will sin, and yet and and they're 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 and they may not even agree that what they're doing is a sin. Are you going to bar them from the supper, knowing that they will sin? Well, you'd have to bar the whole congregation, including yourself. The the tack that I the, the <laughs> thing and and you know you can almost fill in whatever sin you want. But but here, here the tack that I said is this: if you bar them from the gospel, you have relieved the tension. There now is no tension. It's all law. Good luck. You know, if you basically say no gospel for you, it's like the gospel Nazi. Oh, not, not, not planning to improve? No gospel for you. So that's the end of the tension. Now it's all law. You may as well just send them over to the antinomians, to the ELCA, to whomever. I don't know. Just say, you know, go and, go and celebrate your sin because uh, there is no gospel Excuse for you. Excuse me. With their new bishop, I now only refer to them as the ELC gay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that's, that's, that's one, it's one regional bishop, isn't it? That's a, Close enough. Some, it's, some, it's, he's, he's in our neighborhood. Well, he's not really. I mean, he's the, he's the one. It's, it's, it's over, Hollywood. It's over. Is it Hollywood? Holy I thought it was well. South. I thought it was Southwest District. That would be Arizona. No, it's it's he's he's in North Hollywood. That's all I know. And I hear it's fabulous. <laughs> yeah, you you you. Never mind. <laughs> but again, tension, law, gospel tension. You know, is is when when you ask a law question, all you're going to hear is law. What the heck are you looking for? I lost the screen. We're in the middle of a, We're in the middle of recording a radio I'm show. Listening. And and you're 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 about six feet from the microphone, looking for a damn spring for your your pen. I took it apart, and the spring fell out. It's this little microscopic spring, and and your carpet is confusing. Right. You have this intentional pattern. That hides springs. That's right. You can't find any small parts in my carpeting. And I'm obsessing on it. Clearly. Clearly. Because it, it fell right here. And for the life of me. Is that it? No. I give up. I quit. I'm no longer a pastor because I lost my spring. I, I, I think I think a severe beating is in order here. <laughs> Actually, I was partially doing that just to irritate the crud out of you because I knew that you would go, what are you doing? And, but I would like to find my spring. <laughs> okay. I'm oh, sorry. Adieu, adieu. Parting is such sweet sorrow. I quit. I quit just now. I give up. Inquire no more, you feral beast. <laughs> Bill right. is... A uh, dynamic presence. There we go, Jason. Jason, Our, uh, that would that would be the Jason that produces things like.
What's Jason have to say? This is weird. Um, manly doctors. <laughs> wait, wait, you play the music that he produces, and then you're shocked when he sends us something weird. No, I'm just, <laughs> I'm not surprised. Uh, I recently saw this posted by a Roman Catholic friend. What's the basis for this? Oh, gosh. Also, is it in, out in the open now? <laughs> Thanks for your sage wisdom. GW composer residence, separated by some distance, Jason M. Caspar. What he's showing me here in, in, in a picture, and you wouldn't have seen this because you never look at the GW mailbag, is um, it's it's one of these like saints things, you know, one of these these um, these things on a chain, okay, and and it's it's got oh, yeah. Mary, it's got Mary, the ever virgin, blessed ever virgin Mary, and and it says, "Oh Mary, conceived without sin." Pray for us who have recourse to thee. Okay. And he wants to know what where's the basis for this? How am I supposed to know? I mean the the, the whole notion, you know, when, when a Catholic hears the term immaculate conception, they're not referring he doesn't think Jesus. Normally, no. No, not normally. He does not think Jesus. He thinks Mary. Well, you have to realize that many Roman Catholics are more Protestant than we are these days. Wait, 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 wait. I, when, I go to a Bible study on Tuesday nights where I hear Roman Catholics spewing Tim LaHaye rapture theology. <laughs> I mean, come on. Immaculate conception in Catholic dogma means that Mary was conceived without the taint of original sin. And so this has actually been uh, been embossed on a, uh, a a little trinket thing here for Mary in form of a prayer. Oh, Mary conceived without sin, pray for us who have recourse to thee. Uh, it's certainly not new teaching. The Immaculate uh, Conception of Mary is 19th century, I think 1850s. Of some sort. There's a whole series of promulgations in the 1850s. It was kind of a really a, a sharp reaction against um, deism and naturalism and some of the other things that were going on. And so, uh, uh, whereas it, that, that's where papal infallib- infallibility becomes yeah. dogmatized. Well, how, how does Marianism fight deism? Well, no. It, what they did w- was I, mean, I, along... I can see how like Eutychianism and Nestorianism are ditches on you know both sides of the street there, because you're dealing with the two natures of Christ. One's pulling them together, and the other one, you know, they they both deny the hypostatic union there. But how is I don't see the connection between Mary being. A mediatrix, or and then, I'm not saying that. Although that's probably part and parcel here. Here, the dogma is that that um, uh, from the moment she was conceived in the womb, the Blessed Virgin Mary was preserved from the taint of original sin. And the reason that it it shows up. Um, let, let me let me catch the history here of this. Just just to be. Um, I mean, there's lots of Marian stuff that goes on. Uh, before that. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. Or Dur- during the reign of Pope Gregory the Sixteenth, the bishops in various countries began to press for a definition as to the dogma of Mary's immaculate conception. The teaching had been around for a while. Um, and so it was um, Pius the Ninth. Uh, at the beginning of his pontificate, and again after 1851, appointed commissions 
1854, um, promulgated the papal bull Ineffabilis Deus, which defined ex cathedra the dogma of the Immaculate Conception. So 1854. Somewhere between no, excuse me. So wait, the, this is this is eighteen fifty four. This was an ex cathedra proclamation here. Well, that's whenever the Pope speaks, and he only speaks infallibly when he speaks ex right, cathedra. Right, but but so there has actually been a papal yes, uh, a, yes. This is the a- way 18, that it is revealed 18, to us apart from scripture. Eighteen fifty four. Now I think that's really kind of the key because because it was in the nineteenth century where. Papal authority, church authority, scriptural authority was being strongly questioned. You know, this is this is the this is the time we have we have Darwin, we have the rise of science, the age of reason, and all of this stuff happening at the same time. And so the Catholic response to this was to buttress the papacy, make the papacy infallible, and then as kind of a a test of their infallibility to uh, promulgate things that are clearly beyond the scriptures. But they can do that because that's the whole point of papal infallibility. I have an audio clip from what happened. How about some make-believe about musical instruments and hose? And Mary. And Mary. What the heck? I mean, what was the Pope smoking where he could just like, oh, uh, Mary was born without sin. I really think think there's a certain up yours to the whole thing is that is that the Pope is infallible. We can infallibly promulgate dogma. We can settle unsettled things. And just to prove the point, you know, here are some things that we're going to do. Maybe the Antichrist. I don't know. (laughs) I give up. That's it. I quit. What a show. What a show? What a show. A show what? I don't know. Show what? Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. Good night. Until we meet again. Good night, Dad. Bye, Mr. McKenzie. Bye, and go, you savior. Sorry. Away and go with your mother, Holly. And while you're there, why don't you try one of her bras on you, me, girl? say thank you for my family, my two beautiful, beautiful, handsome, striking sons, Walker and Texas Ranger, or TR as we call them.
And of course, my red hot smoking wife, Carly, who's a stone cold fox. Mm. If you were to rate her ass on 100, it would easily be a 94. Mm. Also, want to thank you for my best friend and teammate, Cal Naughton Jr., who's got my back no matter what. Shake and bake. Dear Lord Baby Jesus, we also thank you for my wife's father, Chip. We hope that you can use your baby Jesus powers to heal him and his horrible leg. And it smells terrible, and the dogs are always mm. bothering with it. Mm. Dear tiny infant Jesus. Hey, um, you know, sweetie, Jesus did grow up. You don't always have to call him baby. It's a bit odd and off-putting to pray to a baby. Well, look, I like the Christmas Jesus best, and I'm saying grace. When you say grace, you can say it to grown-up Jesus or teenage Jesus or bearded Jesus or whoever you want. You know what I want? I want you to do this grace good so that God will let us win tomorrow. <sighs> Dear tiny Jesus, your golden fleece diapers with your tiny little fat balled-up fist pawing. He was a man. He had a beard. Look, I like the baby version <laughs> the best. Do you hear me? I win the races and I get the money. Ricky, finish the damn grace. I like to picture Jesus in a tuxedo t-shirt because it says, like, I want to be formal, but I'm here to party, too. Because I like to party, so I like my Jesus to party. I like to picture Jesus as a ninja fighting off evil samurai. I like to think of Jesus, like, with giant eagle's wings yeah. and singing lead vocals for Leonard Skinner with, like, oh, an angel yes, band. And I'm in the front row, and I'm hammered drunk. Hey, Cal, why don't you just shut up? Yes, ma'am. Okay. <laughs> Dear eight pound, six ounce, newborn infant Jesus, don't even know a word yet, just a little infant, so cuddly, mm. but still omnipotent. Mm. We just thank you for all the races I've won and $21.2 million. Woo! 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 Ow! Love that money that I have accrued over this past season. Also, due to a binding endorsement contract that stipulates I mentioned Powerade at each grace. I just want to say the Powerade is delicious, mm. and it, it cools you off on a hot summer day. And we look forward to Powerade's release of Mystic Mountain Blueberry. Mm. Thank you for all your power and your grace, dear baby God. Amen. 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 Let's dig in. That was a hell of a grace, man. You nailed that like a split hog. I appreciate that. I'm not going to lie to you. It felt good. Dad, you made that grace your bitch. I'll shut up. I'm not one that has to keep talking. Some fellas just have to keep their mouths flapping, but not me. I was brought up right. My pa used to tell me shut up, and I'd shut up. I wouldn't say nothing. One time.